I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. get this opening right we just are so excited every time we try we like let's sync it up. it up let's do it in unison and we get parts of it but not all of it and you know what that's life we, yeah because we got to get to the stories we're just so excited guys we are our second day of the fire festival yes um if you haven't heard it's our uh, our episode came out yesterday we talked about the first half which is just you know, as much as we could talk about it. there's so much there but today we are talking about the final days of the festival and then how we felt about documentaries and social media and all that shit. Here's a clip from the Hulu documentary on the Fire Festival. In the millennial era, scamming is the air we breathe. There is essentially a fire festival going on every day in the West Wing. It's basically the fire festival of budgets. One of the safest ways of making money in America is to get really good at exploiting people and to treat everyone like a mark. You've got Anna Delvey, the so-called Soho grifter, and Elizabeth Holmes, the CEO and founder of Theranos. Then you have Billy McFarlane. And all three of them coasted for a really long time. We're living in an era in which you can convince millions of people to do anything just on marketing alone. But in its wake, it leaves real harm. It's a great time to be a con man in America. Yeah. So the first episode takes us up until the day of the festival. And so Mm -hmm. um, that's where we are right now. Um, And then we're going to talk about the Netflix and Hulu documentaries in more detail. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So the day of the festival... So some people, when they arrive, they realize that it's really screwed up and they ask to go right back to the airport. So like mm-hmm. there's there's nothing there. It's just gravel. One of the people were saying in the documentary that it's literally like a cliff into the water. So a drunk person can just like fall in. So people, dangerous. Yeah. But people slept there that night, the night of, and yeah. they slept in these tents and they 
kept trying to say, like the promoters were like, you know, Woodstock was crazy. This was crazy. That was crazy. But they were all legit festivals that had music acts that had, that were, you know, a community of festivals that had at least like a porta potty. Like there was some infrastructure that happened, a sound setup. Like this basically didn't have real stages. It was, they were trying yeah. to put a stage up. There's no power because they didn't pay their, they didn't pay the Bahamas for the power. So the power was shut off. Yeah. Basically they showed up to a space. There were no musical acts and there was no infrastructure to support them. No. And so uh, the people that were there were, had this like terrible night. They were all very scared. It was very much Lord of the Flies fighting for whatever you could. Their baggages, their baggage was delivered in the middle of the night by like huge trucks and there's no lights because they didn't pay the power. So people are using like their cell phone lights to find their single purple bag out of a million girl purple bags. Um, And then they all go back to the airport and now the issue with the airport is that it's overfilled with all of these people, these ticket mm. holders. And the people at the airport were like, we had to lock everyone in because you can't have a kid taking a cigarette break and lighting up a plane on fire. Like, you, you there has and, to be some structure. And here's the thing. So when they showed up in these school buses, um, they sent them to Marianne Roll's um, restaurant and they fed them alcohol because... Billy had just gotten a cash infusion at the last moment of like $2 million and he bought and he spent it all of alcohol. on alcohol, all of it on alcohol <laughs> without considering that there's a 45% tax on alcohol. So he ended up owing $945,000. Like it's ridiculous. So anyway, he's pumping them full of alcohol. Yeah. So I asked all, Alan all day long. Oh, yeah. I asked my husband who used to run multiple restaurants uh, bars too and he said that maybe like for a weekend at a fancy restaurant it's a thousand dollars for alcohol shut up and this idiot yeah this idiot got oh two God. million for like two weekends and like 300 like like it's nothing and i mean alan's talking about a new york city fancy restaurant saying so that's insane alcohol is so cheap marked up yeah yes and th- and you mark it up to sell but like oh yeah so but he the only thing he has he doesn't have clean water for these people no um he has alcohol and he has this other guy who is the guy the blowjob guy oh um, andy king i poor I don't andy like king. him you Ugh, don't no i really we'll don't like him. him so really? this guy yeah that's okay but wait wait i just want to say about the airport so like the airport they locked everybody in they've been drinking all day there's one guy putting baby oil <laughs> on his naked body because he's sunburned and i want to say that this is my personal hell yeah. like if you were to send me to hell tomorrow it would be that airport full of drunk privileged white idiots i would yes send me there for eternity and that's my hell okay yeah that really is that really 100 percent is and 100%. and scared people one guy had to go to the hospital because he was dehydrated duh because he's yeah. wasted um so one of the people that helped Billy throughout this who said he was like a mentor and a buddy is Andy Kane. Andy and King. he King? Yeah. Uh, King. Yeah. Yeah. And he would give him he would give Billy millions of dollars here and there. Like he basically like wanted to be was like an event supporter. I, I, I don't know if Andy I don't know if Andy was an investor. I think he's an event producer. And he's like a legit guy who makes big events happen. But he'd been supporting Billy by like Throughout putting his on his mag- Magnesis events. And he'd known mm-hmm. him for several years. And, yeah, and from other companies just, that Billy had done. Yeah. Yeah. Telling people to just believe in Billy and he'll get it done. Yeah, he did a lot of throughout the documentary saying, like, I said, guys, don't worry, like, he'll get you. It all works out. And like, it actually hasn't ever all worked out for Billy before. He's had a lot of other failed things. But for some reason, all of these people just wanted it to. It was so weird. And so he at one point, Billy says, I need you to go give a blowjob to one of the heads of the customs customs. Yes. Um, because they're holding our water and our people need bottled water. And so this guy, and he goes, I need you to take one for the team. Because Andy's of, gay. Yeah, Andy's gay, which is yeah. so explore, exploratory. Exploitive. Exploitive. Yeah. And so disgusting. And so, and that, and Billy, essentially, he said to Andy, he offered this to them and he said, okay. So this guy, Andy, in the documentary shares about that he like took a shower and like got mouthwashed, like was going to go fucking suck this guy's dick and he arrives and they're like no we just want money what are you talking about like also so derogatory on so many levels that this guy Billy thinks that you can just get a blowjob for a 
customs a national issue and and a tax and then for him $900,000. Yeah, for him to prostitute somebody else. Yeah. And for him to say it with like such certainty and then for this guy to say I'll do it. I mean, he's like, "Can you believe it? Isn't that crazy?" And I'm like, "That is insane." Like that insane. is insane. And for for your boss to uh, not even your boss, like somebody you're helping out investing to go like, you know what, I'm going to like offer up your sexual services because we really yeah. need this. And it's like, you know why they don't have water? Because you're an idiot and you spent it on alcohol. And mm-hmm. he, Billy should have been sucking the guy off. Like, that's what's so crazy. Yeah. Billy is saying like, this guy wants a blowjob. Let's say that's the reality of the situation. Billy should fucking do it because he's the one who caused the problem. But at the end of the day, Billy never believed he was the one that caused the problem. He thought I mean, he was this like untouchable little angel. You don't have to be gay to give a blowjob. Anyone you don't. can do it. Anybody mm-hmm. can do it. Yep. And, and so- I think it's I think it's so on the nose that the water that they were having released is Evian. Yeah, so like Evian. they had ordered so he does it to get Fancy the Evian. It's like, water. could you be more cliche? Yeah. And this guy like has now said, like, I can't believe people, you know, on social media, people are reaching out to me. I'm just like, oh, this whole story is so gross to me. It's so, so, so gross. So he um so, so this is this guy. Andy I felt just, bad for him. You don't feel bad for him? No. No. Mm-mm. I think he's so crazy to have all of this is happening also this guy then like leaves the island like on a private jet while all this shit is going down like for somebody to be there's so many people that were involved and this whole time going billy this is really bad this is really bad and then when shit hits the fan they all just leave like they all just go like i gotta get out no andy has to change clothes with some guy and then hop in a truck and lay down in the back of a truck and then he gets off the island like he thinks he's gonna get killed Yeah, Yeah. I think Andy worked hard and he has, like he says, he's been doing this career for 30 years, like, and he just wants to make money. Like, yeah, our producer just said she thinks he had Stockholm Syndrome with Billy. Like, he was like in this crazy world and then was Mm. afraid. And because the people of um, the Bahamas got very angry, obviously. Yeah. A whole country is not being paid. Yeah. Yeah. Island is taken advantage of. And so people started to like, become not aggressive but I think they were saying that like they had heard word that people were coming to get them or like it was just like all mm-hmm. hearsay nothing I don't think anything happened um but because of that Andy and Billy just like escape they just leave and well that- Billy disappears but Andy has to like lay down in a truck and escape for his life I hated it I hated it so much <laughs> I thought was so I was like oh you poor little piece of shit like you're lying to these people and you're treating people like servants and slaves and now you are a little scared like you should get beaten up like personally I think yeah. you should have gotten beaten up and and I don't I think well no I don't think you need violence but I think I wouldn't have minded I mean I Billy I just, yes Billy should get everybody. beaten up for sure I and I'm sure everybody. in jail he will okay so uh, people escape and Throughout all of this, like the next day or two, like the Bahamas, uh, they're um, the country and the people that work in the in the um, airport, like they basically have to create the checks and balances and organization to get these people back to the U.S. They have to abide by U.S. customs. Like everything is then by the book once the um, travelers are into the airport. So it's like they are taken care of, but it's much more slow, like a bunch of people just board the train because everybody's, I mean, not board the train, board the plane because everybody's drunk. And then they have to deboard because they didn't have the correct names. And then they had to lock them in overnight at the airport because the pe- the flight deck like had to go home because it's illegal to have them work more than 24 hours. So like all of these like checks and balances are happening and people are so pissed at the airport. Like these little bitches are like, I can't believe we're staying here. And it's like, no, like you created, like you want to do this stupid idea, this dumb yeah. idiot guy, like you wait, they're trying to make sure you're not stuck in a wet FEMA tent overnight. Like, please listen to the airline. But again, it's these Bahamian people picking up the slack for these rich white assholes. I did not see a person of color in any of the sea of festival attendees Mm -mm. whatsoever. Mm -mm. I did not see one person of color attending this festival. Also, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So... So basically then people got back and they're like, oh my God, this was terrible. And one of the, so the fire festival was like trending viral. We said in our previous episode, they had like an orange, um, a bright orange Instagram cube that that was like their huge trending thing that got everybody to talk about it and listen. And so then what became a huge trending thing was a picture of a two pieces of cheese on a t- 
piece of bread, like a cheese sandwich where people say like, this is the glamorous fire festival. And that went like crazy and got the most like retweets and tweets because everybody is just seeing this, like basically a Lord of Flies, you know, crazy thing happen. And that became a sensation. I have a clip for this. Oh, good. I remember the New York Times came out with an article that talked about this entire fire festival, and they talked about it very matter of fact from an operational perspective. What they didn't talk about, which I think was something that was missed, was a couple of powerful models posting an orange tile is what essentially built this entire festival. And then one kid with probably 400 followers posted a picture of cheese on toast that trended and essentially ripped down the festival. Yeah, it's crazy. And and so everybody is like all over the news and really exciting because they think this is like so fascinating. Um, and they just love seeing people like rich people get screwed over, but nobody's really talking about how terrible it is for the people in the mm-hmm. Bahamas and how they're mm-hmm. left. So there's one guy throughout this um, in both documentaries who I love. Me and my husband both adore. His name was Seth. No. Uh, Calvin. I love Calvin. Like yes. So this brilliant guy. He's interviewed in both documentaries. His name is Calvin something. And uh, my husband and I both adore him because he is incredibly smart. And he figured out that first he figured out that the island that they were calling private island was actually just like a part of sandals. He figured out it was fake. So he created an Instagram that was fire Fire fraud. fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Fire fraud. And so he would post things about like, guys, this is fake. And he was convinced that like everybody was going to listen to him and nobody did. People just ignored it. And he'd be blocked and he would just be like ignored. And he's the guy through all of this is the only person, the only person. And Billy had all these people working for him, all these people that knew it was going badly. This one guy was the only one who said, I don't think this is going well. I think this is wrong. And he actually, he was friends with like some of these music producers. He was friends with these people that put money up. And he would say like, um, and musical acts, he'd say like, did you guys get paid? And they said, no, actually like he hasn't paid us. And he was, um, he was what is like reneged or something weird like with Mm -hmm. the contract like he wasn't doing he already he would do he would do wire transfers and then there would be like fake wire transfers yes and so like their clients weren't paid and clients would be paid up front so he had also like I think he might have been one of the people to give some of the music acts like a little bit of a heads up because he was an investor and like connected and so he'd be like you guys should just just check it out a little bit. But this whole time he is like, guys, this is fake. And nobody cared because this advertisement, they're still running the same advertisement that they shot months ago of these models in the Bahamas. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to be on a beach with a model. And it's insane. Is this guy, was he an investor in the fire festival or just like a general? Okay, He was a general investor. And I think he was approached and he's like, what is this? Like he was asked to be. A, yeah. I think he was asked. Um, he's just my but favorite person. One of my things is like, when do you, even if you're rich, when do you like think like the jig is up? Like they emailed these people like two mm-hmm. days before to be, to put thousands of dollars on their wristbands so that they could yeah. get more cash to fund the festival. It's like, why wouldn't you think at this time, like something's fucked up here I'm not going to do this. What makes you believe this man? They all bought the dream of being able to fuck a model on a beach. I really think. I think all of those people were like, you know what? This is crazy, but not for me. Like things have probably worked out for me or like, don't worry, I'm going to get that. Or I just want to see it. Like I really do genuinely think these people were so sold by this social media pitch or this what if and this idea that like they can't miss it. They want to be the first one there um, that they all were ignorant. They were just happily ignorant to it because they would rather have an experience happen than be in reality. I have never personally been that sold on anything in my entire life. Like, no, I really wanted things to work out. Like I'm very optimistic or like, yeah, yeah, I can. But I'm always a little bit skeptical, especially when it comes to money. I, if I'm, I would never invest that much money. Do you think it has something to do with somebody who has a ton of money and money is no object to them? Because like for us, like if I invest 
any money in something. It's very, it's, 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 we are not rich. So it is like a lot of my family, a lot of like my future, like uh, money to me is important. And so if somebody who has never dealt with money as an issue, has never had to worry about their finances, has their parents doing it or their business manager do it, and they just know it comes and goes somehow. I don't know. Here's like for me, if I'm spending over $200 on anything, I have to consult my husband because it's a big investment. You know what I mean? $50. Like, guys, I really like don't, I mean, honestly, $8. I took a cab home because it was really freezing cold from the subway. (laughs) And I was like, just so you know, I'm taking a cab home. Like our communication is on top of its shit because we, we are, you know, penny pinching right now. And yeah, but for these people to just... And they interview a bunch of these young people and they're sort of like all kind of laughing at it. Like, I think at some point you can be rich enough that like money is just like ridiculous. Like it is people that just go crazy and gamble in Las Vegas. Like, I really think this is like very similar to like a gambling addict. Like to have that uh, rush, that experience, that jolt. Yeah. Okay. But no shade. But like, I'm not a rich person. I don't have that mindset at all and I truly want to understand it so if you are rich and you're listening <laughs> you're to this or you come and you come from money please call in and tell us like yeah. what what your thresholds are what makes you think that like I, I'm not attacking no, you I'm not laughing at you I'm understand. laughing because Sue and I do not know <laughs> like we don't, I don't have a reference understand. for this but yeah but I guess there is something of like I think also if you have a very affluent life, you're used to spending a lot of money on good experiences. Like if you're used to spending a ton of money for a private suite in a hotel or if you have already gone to a deserted beach and you did pay for an experience, like maybe you've already done this or maybe you do go to Coachella and get those special bungalows and you're like, oh, great, this is new. I want to be on the top of this. So I'll pay more because I want those Instagram likes, which is so stupid because like in three months, people are going to scroll by your feed. No one's even going to look at your fucking face. Okay, let's break it. I think, okay, so if you are going on a vacation, you're gonna, you're already prepared to spend, I mean, if we were going on a vacation, we'd be prepared to spend like two grand or three grand, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure is like a low end for rich people, but Mm -hmm. maybe rich people are prepared to spend five grand or 10 grand. I don't know. I can't wrap my head around it. Well, it's however you choose to spend your money is like your choice, but the idea that people are, um, comfortable well okay so billy was marketing on the fact and this is how he did all of his businesses was that these people are comfortable spending this much money it's not yeah um abnormal to them so let's do something yeah. where we can continue to use them in a way that they don't feel that they're getting taken advantage of like he he made sure that 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 the people he worked with and you saw him in interviews so he was like these people can spend money like they don't care like he he doesn't value how you spend your money he just wants and i it. I genuinely want to know if you are one of these people, like <laughs> what I, I really want to hear I your know. point of view. And I want you to call in and you can do it anonymously. We can not put your name on. But like, I want to know, like, if there was a red flag for you, if you what would just your red gener- flag be? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why was there no like stopping point? And why did you just believe this guy? You know what I mean? Or like there was nothing that said seemed weird to you. I don't know. Well, I, I want to know. Genuinely. Yeah. And also somebody there were some people that were saying. So now I want to talk about like the social media people that were hired by Billy because during this whole time, Billy had a social media team work for him and he had people that were developing his app. And so he had throughout this time, like a lot of people involved that were uncomfortable, but kept working for him. Mm -hmm. And in one of the documentaries, somebody shared that like when you just have this like momentum, like this ball of like crazy energy and insanity, you just like ride this wave or Mm -hmm. you like, or you jump off and anybody who didn't jump ship just like rode this wave. And the whole time they're like, I think, it might have been so bad that people were just hoping something magically would work out or it got so bad that people felt like guilty for abandoning. I don't know. Like it's, Mm. and and throughout all this, like there's recorded conversations, like Billy's um, employees, like were like, what is happening? And he would just be like, I don't know guys, like do the best you can. Like he also Mm -hmm. just to the very end through all these interviews, he was so vague. So he hired this company called um, this social media company called fuck Jerry, who um, is, we have a lot of feelings about because they've taken a lot of um, friends of mine and comedians like their funny posts and their tweets and fuck Jerry will use that and steal their jokes. Um, And I know people firsthand that have had that happen to them um, and not like give the credit or, and maybe sometimes they do, but it's not great. Um, So fuck Jerry is this social media group that is just like very big right now. And 
through all of this happening, one of the guys who worked for them knew that this things weren't great and they still kept going and he was ordered to delete and block if anybody posted anything, any question of where's our hotel, what's happening with our flight. And there was like a list of commands that he had to block if somebody even wrote the word festival, if somebody wrote the word music or hungry. And um, then he had to go back and make sure it was like in caps and not in caps. Like it was a real like extreme thing where he just, with this knowledge, he would just shut people out and shut people down. And that was how this company did it. And that's what they were told to do. And so they're going like, well, this is our job. We'll just do what we're told. But yeah, there is this like, is there some responsibility? Like, are you, are you a person with feelings or a company with any sort of integrity? And what's crazy too, is this group Fuck Jerry is one of the producers of the Netflix doc. So they look kind of adorable in the Netflix doc. Yeah. And in the Hulu doc, they're not looking so good. And I think that's them being like, well, we have all this footage. Um, we want to make sure we spin it. It's all about spinning it throughout the entire time. Um, Billy was talking about the, the creator of this was talking about how they're going to spin the failure. And they're like, it's yeah. just version one, version two is going to be better. And I mean, they had ruined people's lives, like ruined people who lived in the Bahamas and worked for him for free, ruined their lives, ruined their businesses. And he's like, guys, it's just version one. Come on. There's some blips. And yeah, I just want to say like, so as a a brand, like I've managed brand Instagram accounts and, and things like that. And it's like, you're not, it's kind of very taboo and you're not really supposed to delete comments at all. I mean, I no. have, you're not supposed to delete <laughs> negative comments. And I have like I have to make the brand look better. But if 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 the brand is telling you to delete those comments and you're doing what you're told, like that is very, very, very bad. Like it's it's very much a faux faux pas in social media. Well, yeah. And then also with these documentaries, like where is the journal? I don't know that my husband's a journalist and it's like we were just talking about like where's the journalism integrity of like Hulu paid Billy for this interview um also if you're being paid for an interview there's a bunch of times where he's like I don't want to talk about that and it's like bitch you're getting paid like talk yeah and then in the Netflix one like they're you know fuck Jerry like they talk about all these guys and they look like these just like warm fun loving guys and they just did a lot of shit. And the problem is like all this is happening and people know about it. And then, um, and people are asking questions, but nobody's really, I, yeah, it's just really, I want to say, um, there is a campaign right now called fuck, fuck Jerry, Mm -hmm. um, that, a New York mag writer, Meg Wright has started. And she's basically saying that if we all unfollow them, they won't have any power and they won't be able to steal people's materials anymore. Mm -hmm. So, the the problem is that they're stealing so they're stealing people's tweets they're putting them on their instagram and then they're using it to promote an alcohol brand and then they're not paying the people for their tweets so yeah it's great it's exposure but if you're pr- promoting a company and promoting a brand you need to pay the person for that if there's money for involved. their original material their yeah content. exactly if money and- is exchanging hands on your part or if money's exchanging hands at all, you need to pay your fucking creators for sure. Right. And that's just an integrity thing. <sighs> yeah. What did you say? Our producer said that's like photographers. Like you'd pay a photographer for that picture for the ad. Yeah. Like you have to pay the creator. You have to you pay a writer for a commercial and they're not. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting because it was very similar to when Kendall Jenner was in that Pepsi commercial, which was oh. like was supposed to be a Black Lives Matter rally and she made it a Pepsi commercial. Like that was the... Ugh, it was so bad. And she's just so ignorant. Like, this is the second yeah. time this is happening because she was used to promote the fire Festival and was supposed to, like, allude to the fact that maybe Kanye would be there. And yeah. so this is, like, the second time she hasn't done her research or her team hasn't done her research to really make sure, is this something I want to put my name behind? I just want to plug um, another podcast. I'm, like, obsessed with Andrew Jenks, who makes, like, documentary films, and now he's starting doing documentary podcasts. And he has one called What Really Happened?, and there's one, an episode called What Really Happened with Kendall Jenner and the Pepsi ad. And it's fucking Ooh. fascinating. And basically, it's the same thing where one guy had an idea and no one says no to him. And yep. it just gets pushed through. And that's all it is. It's crazy. <sighs> the effect of this, the effect of this whole thing is that it made the FTC 
um, require all influencer posts to have a hashtag ad. And that was started by this where they didn't before. But there's still no, a I lot know of things girl that on don't. social. I can't stand her. And she never writes hashtag ad. And it's always an ad. And I'm like, bitch, don't you know? Like, get get away. You're getting paid thousands of dollars for it. Just suck it up and say you're doing a fucking ad. Right. And also, we know. Like, nobody just stands there with, like, a bottle of, like, Bacardi. And it's like, whoopsies. I have a perfect photo with Bacardi. <laughs> Are you <laughs> like, a fab fit fun box? <laughs> like, oh, I love this. That was a mistake. Really yeah. <laughs> the photo was just snapped. I'm in a bikini. And it's like, we're on a beach. It was just like an, an accident. And then I posted <laughs> right. it, like, 17 times. Oh. I hate everyone. Um, Yeah. yeah. So... That is also the thing, too, is that, like, all of these companies, they, they're they just doing it to make that money. And there's mm-hmm. no there's no real, like, follow through. I have a question, though. A lot of people in the documentaries are saying, and I feel like in general are saying that the influencers should be held accountable for promoting this. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts because I personally don't think they should be because that's, like, me doing an ad for like fucking condoms and then somebody and then the condoms don't work. Like, like how yeah. am I supposed to know that? I don't know. Well, so I definitely I do speaking gigs and I'm hired to do speaking gigs. And there's some companies I don't want to work for. And so yeah. I personally myself have a um a barometer. And I think that it is I don't think you can claim somebody should have responsibility, but I personally as a I like having responsibility. I like Mm. that if my name or if my photo of somebody's using me to have an event, if it's like, they're always like great, you know, anti-breast cancer events. They're like, you know, for for hospitals, but still like there's some companies that I just don't like their works that they do. And um, I don't want to put my name behind it. And it's not even, I'm not even an influencer. I'm like, you know, I just wrote a book. So I, I think, I talk about that a lot in my home because I do ads, I do commercials and I really, um, I am kind of picky. If there's something I don't like, like there's one insurance company, I don't really want to do their commercials. And so I've sort of like, yeah, I I just, I don't, I don't believe in them. And I personally feel that way. And I like, I can't hold somebody else accountable because I don't, we might not have the same belief system, but I can like dislike you. (laughs) But yeah, but what if it were like a, a national commercial for this insurance company you didn't like and it was a full media buyout on all channels or whatever and you were going to make like 250 grand like that then what you know I know no it's really hard (laughs) I mean I would do it I know I want to pay off my debt and buy a fucking house so I would do it I know no I know and like I I don't know like maybe I think I've gone in and like not done very well in the audition kind of on purpose on purpose consciously I don't know I've just been like ugh, I don't care about this just because I don't like that company so I don't know I don't think I I personally can't really separate from how I feel about something like yeah some people are very good at that and that's a great skill to go and do the job and make your money but I am like I'll go in and be like oh like I just I just uh, the feeling wigs me out well here's okay here's a couple examples Maybe it makes for you. me a so, terrible actor. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, I have a couple examples for you. So, like, I've gone in for a Burger King commercial, and I don't. I'm like pretty vegetarian-ish. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll eat fish and occasional chicken, but I'm pretty much a vegetarian. They'll be like, "Will you eat a, a Whopper on camera for this?" And it's like, "Fuck yeah, I will." Yeah, like, I will. I mean, I will. Like, I haven't had a burger I since I was 12 years old, but I'll fucking do it for like yeah. 50 grand. Yeah, of course. And I think there's like levels too of like what like what do you care and not care about? Like, I think that's the thing too is that like um, obviously these influencers were like, all right, kind of shady. But if I got this like great ad for me, my personal brand, I would benefit. Like there's always this like, is the cost worth it? Like, you know, what at what cost and what exactly does it cost you? Like for me, I do not want to speak for some companies um, that I don't believe in and that I yeah. think are harming people. So I won't speak for that healthcare company that I don't yeah. like. Um, but I or if I did, <laughs> I would change it. I like, I, you know, I probably wouldn't do what they would want. I would talk about <laughs> how I feel. You would do what um, you want anyway. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like, sorry. Um, but yeah, so like there's there's some things that like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's so personal. It's so personal. And so I don't think, I don't think these people need to be accountable, but I probably don't have that much respect for them. That's I don't, thing. oh no, I don't have respect for them, but uh, I yeah. don't think like I, I, they I, had, they had no way of knowing that this was a, a complete scam. I, I don't think. Well, I don't think, I, I think 
yes, on, like they could just like live their lives and have no way knowing. But if they were somebody who did want to like research and find out more and maybe were a little curious and if things like that one guy, it wasn't that hard for him. Calvin, my favorite, it wasn't that hard for him to study all this stuff. Like it was yeah. not that hard for him to check like a Google map search and find out it's connected to an island. It's not a deserted island. Like there's, there's certain things that if you do your due diligence, it's not hard. Yeah. And so I think that's the other thing too is it kind of like it was such a perfect storm. Like you could be rich, famous, lazy, like a lot of things, like the easiest possible outcome. And they say that like the fire festival did happen. And it was that advertisement when they shot the commercial for like those couple days. And these models were in the Bahamas and they were hanging out with the people that live there. And everybody was paid for that shoot. And that was actually the fire festival because that was the only successful moment. Um, And then they just kept using those ads. I mean, the models that were are, they look so beautiful in these ads. Gorgeous. Like they're the Instagram photos, they're so beautiful. And I could like look at their faces for days. Also, Gorgeous. I'm obsessed with some of these models that have had eyebrow, <laughs> eyebrow raise surgery. So like Wait, the, what? the new thing. Yes. So the new thing now is that you look at like before and after of some of these models and their eyebrows, they get them raised higher on their forehead so that their Shut eyes up. look bigger. I am not kidding. You can like look at before lift? and afters. Yes. Like no, but like eye- not like an eyebrow uh, lift like above their eyebrow where it's supposed to be. Wow. Yeah, that's one they of the get, plastic wait, surgery things. Like an yeah. eyebrow transplant? <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I have to research. Look this. up eyebrow eyebrow lift surgery. Look up eyebrow transplant celebrity and you will see all of these celebrities. And it's so fun. And what's also crazy is that like sometimes the eyebrow, like when they first get the lift, it's very like strong and the person makes one expression constantly. And then like over years, it kind of settles down and you can see their eyebrow looks more like their face. But um, it's like now the new nose job is like an eyebrow lift. Wow. Mm -hmm. Remarkable. I've got to do some research. Bella Hadid is like fascinating to me because her mom's supermodel. Her dad's super rich with all these people. And then her sister was like the most enormous supermodel. And then she was just like, I got I to gotta do it. But she did her own thing. Like she, her sister was like bright sunshine. She did like dark moody. I, I'm just fascinated by her. And I also keep thinking yeah. she should have an accent. Like I feel like she should have an accent, but she's just like, hey guys, like she's very American. She's exotic. Yeah. She's definitely yes. like, yeah. And I just want to stare moody. at her all the time. I she's could gorgeous. stare at her for hours. But yeah, I've stared at um, before and after plastic surgeries of all of these people. Yeah. And it's so it's fascinating. If you want Caitlin's opinions on this, <laughs> you can DM us. <laughs> DM me and I will tell you who I think has plastic surgery. And um, now I I like also what kind of drives me crazy is like when you get an eyebrow lift plastic surgery, your head like it's on your forehead. Like what do you do? Like lay in bed for three weeks with like a bandage on your head? Like how do oh you God. recover? I know. Oh, and also like oh, it's so crazy. So all of these people like Kim Kardashian was talking about like some she was in something and they were saying about how if your hair is perfectly if your head is if your face is perfectly symmetrical you can have a part in the middle of your head um middle of your hair yeah a part your hair in the middle of your head and Kim, this was like during I think Kim's wedding or something and she was like on the Kardashian she was like my face is symmetrical right like she all of a sudden had this like moment <laughs> where it was like it better fucking be like it was like because I fucking spent a lot of money on that. But like I don't I don't like um and not to hate her on that, because if I did spend all that money and had all these multiple surgeries, I'd be like obsessed, too. But just the funny it was like during her like wedding thing, it was just like this like moment of honesty where she like looked dead at whoever she was talking to was in the face and was like, it's fucking symmetrical. Isn't it like <laughs> wow. laughed so hard because I love her. Yeah, I know. I know. And all of that, like all of them have these perfect faces that you just want to stare at. I, when I mm-hmm. see somebody that beautiful, I'm just like whoa (laughs) like how did that happen I could go on about the Kardashian Jenner family and (laughs) the you know lack of respect that they get even though they are brilliant businesswomen I could go on about that for a long time I I really could I think that our culture is misogynist and that's why they hate the Kardashians so much but they're brilliant businesswomen they're doing great. Our producer, Kate, is like making a face at me like. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that they're doing good. But like people just unnecessarily hate them. Like when Kim Kardashian freed Alice Walker from jail, the Such New York Post deal. cover was Trump versus rump. Like or Trump meets rump. Oh, like so awful. Derogatory. Like, so derogatory. So like ugh, whatever. She's good. 
But we digress. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave, with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Yeah, I mean, I, their bodies, I, like that's the thing is like this, this fire festival really was just selling these women who basically have worked a career to make sure they have the most desirable bodies, faces, lifestyle, positivity, quote unquote. Um, and so this festival was banking on these people who have spent a lot of time and money and energy and their life's work is to create this perfect experience like vision of their life. And so this yeah. festival is like, oh, you're going to get a piece of that. And that's what that's what Instagram is. Like you follow somebody on Instagram because you want to see pieces of their great life or you want to yeah. see pieces of, right now I'm following a ton of like kitchen renovations. <laughs> I want to see pieces of your totally. great kitchen. I want to see how you put up those shelves. But um, yeah, so it's like, that is what was so successful is that already this world and this industry was created on these lifestyles that everybody wants to be around. And so the fire festival is like, yeah, we know. And we're going to, mm. we're going to have that happen. And so that is where he was completely successful. It was like a wonderful ad campaign, mm-hmm. an ad campaign that ruined people's lives and, and the business and the business maker was a huge fraudster. So talking about where this is brought to our attention that it's a scam is because he, this guy, Billy, not only did he do all these things that we talked about, the racism, the lying, all that stuff, um, prostituting his own employees. Employees. Yeah. Yeah. He also lied on official forms of how much his business was valued Mm. so that he could get more money from investors. And so Mm -hmm. that is fraud. That's committing wire fraud. He said he would send people money and it wasn't the right amount of money. So him lying on documents and signing papers um, 
in, in financial institutions. That is where he then was brought to court and tried and found guilty for six years of mm-hmm. federal prison. Um, and I think it was something like he he's owed 24 million something yeah, something yeah. and 82 cents. <laughs> like they got him for the cent. Like they put every everything he needed. Um, and so Billy is put on parole right after the fire festival ah. happened. Like all of these lawsuits come out he's on he's arrested he's put on parole and while he's on parole he runs a second scam he starts a new scam he starts a new scam and what happens he hires somebody to be the voice of him and he tells him what to do and he gives him a script and it's his own scam but he's hired another guy to run it for him 22 year old schmuck who doesn't know who has no idea but probably wants to be a part of the cool cool life also during this whole time and billy's on parole and he's dealing with like the feds he's in this huge penthouse that nobody Mm -hmm. knows how he has he's hanging out with um chuck schumer's press secretary yeah i thought that was so shady he's like I asked not to be on film. Yes. Best friends with Chuck Schumer's press secretary in the um, Netflix documentary. It's like, "Mm, interesting. Very interesting. Very shady. Um, And so the company that he then started was called NYC VIP Access. And it started emailing all of the people that were attendants and that were involved in the fire festival, like all those. So one of the guys interviewed was in both. And he said Mm -hmm. he started getting these emails and he asked other people that were with the festival, like, did you guys get these emails? So he thought that Billy maybe sold the email chain, which happens all the time Mm -hmm. for the email list. But no, Billy was actually using it to create a new scam. And like the audacity that he goes, I'm under surveillance. Like he... And this is the thing. I don't think he thinks he's doing anything wrong. And that's the stupid white privilege. He thinks he's right. And he wants everybody to give him a second chance. And he's just like, look, if you can just give me another chance, I I can make it all work out. He doesn't think it's – so there's this um, guy at the end of the Netflix documentary who has been to jail and who Billy asks about jail. And Mm -hmm. it's just such a cognitive dissonance for him. Mm -hmm. He does not think he's going to jail because that does not resonate with him because he's a white guy and he's privileged and he could never go to jail. And it just does not register. And now he's in jail. He's spending six years in prison. Um, This NYC VIP access, I should say. So he is offering people tickets to things that don't have tickets, like the (laughs) Met Gala. You can't get a ticket to the fucking Met Gala because Anna Wintour has to personally fucking invite you. Um, Dinner with LeBron James, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. You can't um, get tickets. Taylor Swift meet and greet. She doesn't do meet and greets. Like, it's so audacious. Who's out on bail and does another full-fledged scam? It's just remarkable. It's crazy. Yeah, and during all this... And they say 15 people gave him over $100,000 for this. He made $100,000 on this scam. It's crazy. I want to know how people just give this guy money. Like, it just, I don't get it. He's saying exactly what they want to hear. He's saying exactly what they want to hear. He's saying, you are special. You're going to get this experience. You're going to be able to show it off to your friends. And you are not like anybody else. You are special. You are like hot or cool or fancy. And you are one that other people will covet your lifestyle. He's telling people that. And these people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like getting boners over it. Um, So he, so the FBI starts investigating him. And the FBI starts contacting people that he's worked for. And so there also Billy had had um, people he had worked for go into debt or put money on their personal credit cards so they could buy more. And they have multiple lawsuits with these old employees of his that they owe American Express. They owe people money because Billy said he'd pay them back. And you know what? That's fucking on you. If this idiot, no, if this idiot, if your boss isn't paying you and then says, can you use stuff on your personal credit card? No. And so if like your boss is like, hey, can you put like a fucking plane ticket on your Amex? Like, I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. But like this guy was, well, that's the thing. This guy had lied about so many other things that yeah. at this point, like that everybody thought that they were untouchable or everybody thought that that wouldn't happen to them or that this guy who says he's their friend like couldn't possibly scam them like yeah we're like scamming other people like the people in the documentary who worked for him knew that he was going to create a something that failed and that we're going to screw all these people with money but he's like but he'll still pay me like no you're not special he's not going to still pay you he doesn't have the money to pay you and 
that's what drives me crazy too is the people that thought that well like you know but we're good we're 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 closeness there's a friendship there yeah and so one thing that i love so billy is still there are two things one thing that i loved in both documentaries is that they ended they both ended um with someone getting a phone call from Billy. So the Hulu <laughs> documentary, the girlfriend got a phone call from Billy from yeah, jail. Yeah, has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the Netflix documentary, um, this Bahamian um, fixer guy that worked for him got a phone call from Billy during the documentary. And they both ended on, on that. Like, he's continuing to scam these mm-hmm. people. And I think the girlfriend, um, I feel bad for her. And I think they were sort of implying that she is floating him and that she's wealthy. She is, I, yeah. I need to do a deep dive on her, but that's kind of what I, I feel like she's getting scammed. That's what it seems like. I don't yeah, know. It said in the, one of the docs in the end, like she was, she paid for like a million dollar rental, you know, when, when he was on parole, like a Hamptons house or something. And like, yeah. um, all of these people, when they talk to him, they're like, Billy. And it is like, he makes you, he makes them feel like you're the only one. Mm-hmm. You're my buddy. Don't worry. And I think his, his constant like contact and reassurance. I mean, he has, he has no money, but he has all the airtime. Like he will talk and talk and talk and he will make you promises. Like he is good at communicating Mm -hmm. and he says exactly what they want to hear. And you see these people in in all the films, like kind of they're upset, but they're also like, but he's so great. Like there's something Mm. so great about him and, and he is a thinker and you know what? He's made some mistakes, but come on, he's just a good old boy. Like it's that like forgiveness that is, insane like it's a forgiveness that is um entitled a forgiveness that is learned from years of like i don't know working with other rich little bitches and things have worked out i don't know like the forgiveness level is incredible to me you know it is like a good old boys club though thing yeah that's it is. yeah it's and, really and all these people that he got money from and was lending money they all this is what they do they hand mm. money off they do stuff like mm. I bet it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like this was that shady at first to anybody because it's sort of like you do mm. you kind of throw money into an investment and you see what sticks now Billy it, they have reported that he is in jail and he is teaching music for entrepreneurs class he's teaching a goddamn class in jail he's a con artist this is yeah. the thing you said he was going to get beat up in jail I think he will be a dope in jail I think no. he is gonna find a way to work that system I do mm-hmm. uh, of course he will I think he's gonna find a way to have somebody smuggle something in he's gonna tell somebody you know how hard it is for me it's so tough for me and he's gonna get something smuggled in and then he is going to pay people off that's what's going to happen and he is writing letters from jail to his girlfriend like her heart's breaking because she misses him I mean the whole thing is crazy and she says she's like she met him after the fire festival. Mm-hmm. She didn't know this happened. And she said he makes her feel loved. He makes it like he mm-hmm. is he has this power. Like he is a he is a convincing, loving, focused person on whatever he wants. And mm-hmm. maybe he does love her. Like I can't say what love is and not. Like I mean, that's their experience. But I just feel for her because this is a person that whether you love being around them or not, like doesn't have a regard for other humans' well-being, like is basically a plain racist or a like abuser of power and of people and does not care if he will trash someone's life and restaurant, make somebody work 24 hours in the heat and then just abandon them. And that's where yeah. it is. I can't wait to see um, the documentary about her in a few years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to see how this all shakes out. Well, it's, and, and she's been getting said, scammed like, by him. Yeah, they said he's going to keep scamming. Like, if this is what you know. And I was saying, like, he started this in fifth grade. He was, like, mm-hmm. doing shit. Like, if this is what you know and it's, like, your core belief that you need to take something from somebody to pay the other one and then don't worry and there's nothing wrong with you and you're doing the best job you can. Like, that's his core belief is that there's nothing wrong and he did mm-hmm. nothing wrong. And mm-hmm. when people say, like, in the interviews, you know, there's only a couple times he says he won't answer questions and it's obviously because his lawyer told him mm-hmm. not to. But when he answers questions, he's like, look, there was just a couple mistakes like the weather. It was bad weather. No, mm-hmm. you didn't have a home for people. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad weather. It was bad weather for like for one thing, but you didn't have a structure for people to live in. There wasn't a sheet for them to put on the bed. It's not whether or not like houses get rained on all the time. Mm-hmm. You didn't have houses. You had FEMA tents. Like mm-hmm. the, the things that he's choosing to believe and say and sort of um, he's 
caressing the truth. It, mm-hmm. and, but you look at him and he fully believes it. Like mm-hmm. this is a person who is a psychopath. <laughs> He's a psychopath for a sure. Liar. Uh, yeah. We did not talk much about Jaw Rule's involvement at all. Oh, so dumb. He So where Ja Rule is now is that he is developing a software called Icon, which is the exact same software, it sounds like, um, of the Fire app. That he tried uh, to like do with Billy. software that he tried so to do with Billy. Yeah. They were saying in the doc, it's like a Tinder for um, like celebrities. So you would like swipe and say, I want to book you. And then they would say yes or no. Um, and yeah. It's, I don't think it's going to go well because he is no, they have no idea how a business works. Like also, so Ja Rule has made sure to say like, he's not a part of anything on Twitter. He didn't even show up to the fire festival. He didn't get on the plane. He said all the stuff he's not involved. And then he was on a podcast and got drunk. I'm going to play this said, yeah. The whole thing was my idea. Like, yeah. So John Will decides to go on the show called Drink Champs. There's not a better place to brag about your crimes than a show where a bunch of guys get drunk. People didn't really know I had anything to do with the festival until, until they went wrong. Until that's they the crazy part. Then they John you Rule's yeah. festival. So they're trying to blame somebody. By the end of it, he's like, yeah, it was my vision the whole time. It was my idea, my vision to do this. Uh, this whole thing is is incredible story because now he's out trying to do it all again with Icon, which is just the rebranded fire app. It's just an app where you can book rich people to you know, play your birthday party or whatever. It's very different, but it's similar. What a dummy. Now, Sue and I also, like with all this, have to talk about like the alcoholism. We have talking about to. Theme. The themes here, okay, we have racism, but the number one other thing that we have to talk about is alcoholism because throughout oh all of this, gosh. the idea, it was like a commercial, like a beer commercial of like, look, this is your private beach. And Billy was, all these people in the whole experience, they were trying to live this alcohol commercial life. And listen, I don't know about his drug habits or anything like that, but I have worked for some men who have this sort of ego and it's all this like arrogance and this like, yeah, we're going to change the world and it's all fueled by cocaine. So yeah, I don't drugs know what do that. Drugs make you think it'll work out. I, I don't know what Billy's doing, but he, it, it seems like he's a massive cocaine. Cokehead. And again, that's speculation. That's my opinion. It just seems that way. <laughs> well, and our producer, Caitlin, just said, like, you can tell in their bodies, like their movements, like he looked really puffy. He was like growing yeah. man boobs. Like there was just like a thing of like a puffiness, Coke like load. where like their their ear and shoulder, like the neck is like one with like their head. Like it just looks so bloated. And it's just there's so much alcohol. Also, the fact that his priority was two million dollars of alcohol and not any water, <laughs> like his priorities not only or that he doesn't care about anybody but the alcohol he kept saying just keep the alcohol coming just keep the yeah. alcohol coming and, and that's um, such an alcoholic's point of view is like if I get two million dollars the first thing I'm going to spend money on is booze yeah. you know what I mean number yeah. one number and one they yeah like this so alcohol throughout and the just all of the shots all the things like where they were like relaxing or enjoying themselves they always had multiple beers in hand mm-hmm. and they and I know like if you've ever been to the beach, you know, it's like very hot. The sun's out. You're slightly dehydrated and then you drink mm-hmm. and like the drink is a little stronger and lasts a little longer mm-hmm. and the hangover is a little harder. And so you drink to then like keep it going like it's. Oof. And they say that like during the promo video shot, Billy straight up fell asleep on the beach like. Yeah. During the shoot. For some reason, I think they said face down, but that might not be accurate, like face down on the beach. Yeah, there's there's a photo of him like face down in a bed like he fell asleep multiple times. And he was also like, that's also I don't know how photo shoots go. And I don't know how things like that go. But like, you know, I'm sure there is drinking involved. But like any commercial shoot I've been on, you know, model or not with it with me, like we're not drinking, you know, it's Mm -mm. like you can you can create the idea of a really fun time without using alcohol and any any sketch, anything I've been in. If you pretend you're drinking alcohol, it's fake. Yeah, because I don't want to be drunk. Um, but this I want to be clear headed for what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. And also yeah. like, yeah, anything like that. And also if I'm anywhere near water, I do want to be clear. headed. <laughs> I don't yes. want to be drunk, like jumping in a pool. But um, I'm so they, scared of water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing, too, is that like it looked like Billy and Ja Rule 
bought into the alcohol commercial themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, hey man, this is what we see with the Corona commercial. Look, let's do it. Like let's pretend. And and um, there's a thing of in the Bahamas, there's this island with all these pigs and they're like, mm-hmm. we gotta get to the pigs. Mm-hmm. And these models, there's like in the docks, you see them like are being chased by these like, you know, wild pigs. And that's not fun. Like that's- One not, girl like, gets enjoy- bit by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One girl if falls ha- over. If that happened to-, to me, I would call SAG- <laughs> Yes. Be like, give me more money. Yes, I would cool. be so upset. We'd alert yeah. them, and SAG would send one of those great emails where they're like, "Do not work. <laughs> Do not work." And then they I wouldn't get SAG. you any money, and nothing would happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but um, but yeah, there's all these weird things that the people on the shoots, even so, they even said that the people that they hired, the businesses, the videographers were told these guys don't really know what they're doing, so you are going to have to be the professional ones. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to corral them, and that was. That was known in emails and in information being Mm -hmm. passed between the companies he hired. They were like, this guy is kind of a wild card. He's not professional. We are going to have to be the professional ones. And Ja Rule, too. In every scene, he's holding like a a glass of whiskey. Like, I I, I also think Ja Rule is just dumb like I think he's not that smart I didn't want like that I know Sue said that right away and I was like well I know I'm gonna go in this and I'm not gonna think he's dumb and then as I'm watching I'm like oh, don't be so stupid he's like so dumb. and I guess I mean look I don't know what his life was like and I don't know like how he yeah. was whining and dining when he was in his prime but it did sort of seem like he was trying to get back to that and it did seem like Billy was also trying like they all wanted to be in that JLo video mm-hmm. <laughs> they were all trying to get back to those like early 90s early aughts um you know right before the millennia and I'm Morning. again I'm not judging them I'm I'm in recovery myself so I'm no one to judge them we are like because we are forced to be sober (laughs) we're forced to be sober it's just like I know this when I see this and this is just like partying and ego and seems like Mm -hmm. cocaine to me I don't know also like there's so it's extreme denial like when you are addicted to something in a substance like all you want is to get that substance so you will live in the denial as long as you can Mm -hmm. just get that next fix it seems like Billy is addicted to the money and the attention and then also all of the drugs for sure all Ugh, of the drugs yeah. like extreme denial extreme denial is a huge part of alcoholism I yeah. mean for me I don't know yeah no it mm-hmm. is and yeah. people talk about that and like honesty is like the most painful thing for an alcoholic mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're like I need you to be honest like I'd rather you burn off my hands than be honest about something yeah it's take so my hands difficult. burn them off yeah, go ahead I can still drink you know through my mouth but uh, I will not yeah. be honest I won't have hands Neil um, yeah, so I am interested to see like how fuck Jerry handles this. Mm. I'm pos- well, I kind of have a feeling that all of these boys will find their own way and come up fuck with another Jerry. company. Fuck Jerry did say that they um gave all the money they made, which was thirty thousand dollars, to Marianne Rolls mm-hmm. GoFundMe, which is mm-hmm. great. That is great. So they said they didn't make any money on yeah. the fire festival. I guess that's a way for them to feel that like they could be a pr- part of the production of Netflix or not be questioned. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Ugh, it's gross. It's gross. I don't like. And also the guys who worked there were a lot of them were young men who were mm. just like, I just wanted to do my job really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a thing of like when you're young, when you have a job that's giving you a lot of money, you don't have the experience to question it yet. Like you might have in your life had had experiences where people have been scammed or things have happened, but you don't have the life experience to go like, it's not worth it. It's not worth putting my name on this and I'm going to question it and walk away. And that's what I felt like a lot of these young men had. A lot of them still were like, well, then my parents said like they're still very connected to their family. Like they're just sort of just out of the cocoon and just having their first big jobs. I'm sure they're very smart They're or they're told they're very smart and they didn't want to risk they don't want to you know um what is it rock the boat or do anything like that and now you better believe that they're going to be like way more curious about who they work with and what they do um it was just really also really quick just really upsetting like a lot of the women who worked for him um they're interviewed in both docs and are just were silenced over and over by these men Mm. and they would just talk about how these men would talk over them how they would silence them how they would they would just like um wax on whatever they thought was great and these women just were supposed to sit and listen and a lot of them were bringing up really good questions really good things and they were saying like this is not this doesn't make sense now Yes, I want I would love for these girls to have left. <laughs> but um, you know, that's their own 
maybe the same thing. Maybe they didn't have the experience to go like, this is fucked up and I should leave. But um, they really didn't care at all. Even even Ja Rule in the boat when you say, told Chanel to jump in the water. Like none of these men cared at all about the well-being Mm-mm. of these women. Yeah. Mm-mm. yeah I or agree. anybody. <laughs> no, it's But bad. the women thing really upset me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to say that that redheaded douche Mark Crawford seems like a fucking nightmare and I would never want to hang out with him. Come <laughs> at me, Mark Crawford. The people that went to the fire festival. Yeah. Most of them I do not want to be in contact with. That guy the in the attendees. Netflix documentary, the redheaded guy that, wore, that was wearing like a Vineyard Vine shirt. <laughs> oh a lot of the attendees, I was like, yikes. Like, yikes. I mean, this is just exactly people I don't want to hang out with mm-hmm. and exactly people that I just wouldn't have anything to say if we yeah. talk. No. Yeah. A lot of people that I'm sure thought they were very funny and they should do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Go to an open mic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, you know, what, what is crazy and that has been talked about before, like in both docs is that like this isn't over. Like Billy's story isn't over. Mm-hmm. And that is what's so frustrating is that you can tell while all this is happening, he might spend some time in prison, but he is going back out there. Like this, he is not finished. Like in, as long as he's alive, he believes he's entitled to and deserves and should be making a certain amount of money off of people. I think his girlfriend is his next scam. And I think mm. that we'll hear about that. Sadly. Yeah, she was really pretty. She, she was really lovely. pretty. And I I mean, and he looked like he dressed way better after he hung out with her. Like he was wearing yeah. those like big combat shoes, like all black. Like he lived with somebody like who lived in the East Village. And I was like, yeah. okay, a model is dressing you. For sure. Oh, um, I, know, you I guys, want to know about her. Yeah, I want to know about her for sure. You guys, if you have any thoughts or feelings or you'd like to rant about this or you're rich and you want to tell us about money, please give us a call at our hot tip hotline, which is 347-509-9414. Again, you can do it anonymous, anonymously and we don't have to say your name if you're rich or whatever. It's fine. Um, also, yeah. if, you, if you get a chance, follow us at Scam Whale Podcast on all the things and um, it would be so cool if you rate and review us on iTunes. That would be really nice. It makes us feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you're looking for a gift, you could buy my book. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> buy my book, Dangerous Boobies. It's about taking care of yourself <laughs> and running yes. away from cancer. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, guys. We love you. Bye. We Bye. love you. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.